The views and opinions expressed on the LM Radio Network solely belong to those who make them and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the LM Radio Network or our affiliates and advertisers. Welcome back to Supernatural Realm on the LNM Radio Network. Chip, are you there, my friend? I sure am there, Timmy. Welcome to 2019, brother. I'm sorry, our first broadcast of the year. Yeah, uh, Happy New Exciting Year. Exciting stuff. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. And boy, we certainly have a topical uh, topic today. Because <laughs> we are talking about prayer. I mean, here we're entering into a, a new year. And uh, it's good to know, I think, the power of our prayer, whether whether it is positive or negative. We have some impact on that, too, with a phenomenal guest. Of course, you would know better than I because you found him, but we are absolutely honored to have him on. Our guest today, our honored guest, his name is Bill Sweet. He is the president of Spindrift Incorporated on uh, spindriftresearch.org. Uh, phenomenal website there, and uh, Bill Sweet has authored the phenomenal book called A Journey Into Prayer, Pioneers of Prayer in the Laboratory, Agents of Science or Satan. Now, uh, Bill Sweet graduated from Illinois State University, majoring in communications. Bill founded and was president of an entertainment booking agency in Chicagoland, and has a background as an investor, an audiophile, and a ham radio operator. And Bill's work focuses on how prayer and religion relate to consciousness and science, which led to his involvement in the research of consciousness and prayer at Spindrift Incorporated. And today we'll discuss how prayer works both for and against us. Uh, and what a great way to open up the year here on Supernatural Realm with the great Tim Roxbury. So let's hear from the great Tim Roxbury himself, and we can bring in our honored guest, Bill Sweet, uh, author of the phenomenal book, A Journey Into Prayer. Tim A. Bill, how did, uh, welcome to the show, and I was going to ask you your first question. How did you start Spindrift? What, what uh, inspired you to do so? Well, I, I found out about him through a a social interaction. I was at a party and I found out about him. Uh, I was uh, in contact with people all over the country who were interested in paranormal and religious phenomena and everything. And turned out I'm here in a suburb of Chicago. And I found out that just three towns over from mine, two guys who work as Christian science practitioners uh, were doing uh, 
laboratory tests of people praying, and they started an organization called Spindrift. And so I found out about them, and I couldn't believe it. Serendipitously, they were just three towns away from me, not across the country, like a lot of people. <laughs> well, you got to love it when that happens. Oh, you better believe it. So I got <laughs> to meet Bruce and John, a father and son, and uh, they uh, had a laboratory set up in their living room and dining room, and uh, they brought people in from different religions, and they found a way to test prayer, which is quite a claim, uh, to, to say the least, uh, mm-hmm. because paranormal claims, as you know from your show, they're they're hard to pin down and they're hard to describe. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were doing a lot of unique experimentation and really got involved in the group and gradually became president of the group and spokesman. And a lot of them in the group are introverts, so it was easy for me to be a spokesman. <laughs> I was <laughs> an introvert. And the, uh, what they did was is that uh, they worked in the mornings as Christian science practitioners helping people through prayer and counseling people with problems. And in the afternoons, they did these experiments. And uh, the Spindrift Lab was kind of interesting. You brought people in, and many of the experiments involved lower plant organisms where you'd have a plant that had some kind of problem deliberately put on it, like it was under-soaked or over-soaked or had salt in the ground where it wasn't growing properly or was overfed. That's another problem when you overfeed. So something where there's too much ultraviolet light on something. So these were problems that they had. And a person would be, you know, they would know they were, they were praying for something, not specifically what the problem was, but they knew that there was a need, and they would pray for it. And there would be another organism nearby that was a control group that was not being prayed for that was in the very same condition. So you had a comparison between the two plants, organisms. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they found was is that over time and through monitoring, uh, the, uh, the results would come in that some people were able to effect a, a, either a healing change in the plants or some kind of change, which has kind of led to what they discovered, uh, uh, that there's two basic ways so far, maybe some more ways will be discovered in the future, Mm-hmm. to track prayer. One way is to track when prayer is actually manipulating an organism, not actually benefiting it, but organizing it in a way that's not beneficial to it. That's one type of prayer. So you're pushing it around, in other words, and then a really healing prayer, the more superior way to do something was to pray for an organism, and uh, the result would show that the organism was actually benefited. Now It moved back to an the region or very close to or right on what was normal for it. And then you compare that with the control group, and you, you've got some data there. And I might add that the people say, oh, these things could happen by chance and everything. Well, the way that works is, is that the person uh, who's volunteered to take the test, that they, they had to come in the laboratory quite a bit, mm-hmm. because the, in order to get a, a serious reading on these tests, you had to take a, a test or a series of tests or, play, or whatever you were playing for, in the laboratory about 30 times so you could add all the results together because what we found was is that people's inspiration varied. Uh, some, there were some people who were just naturally, spiritually had a consistent inspiration, but for most of us, including myself, sometimes you're in the zone and sometimes you're not. Right. So sometimes people would get a result and sometimes they wouldn't, but you have to add all these results together and, and out of 30 runs you get a, a good reading that you have uh, affected 
either a change in the organism, which would show that thought does have an effect, mm-hmm. or you would get a healing change, which was really the desired result, or really were being more of a healer, and actually helping the organism. But in either case, you were showing a psychic effect at a distance. And that's quite a claim. That was quite a claim for Spindrift to make. Mm-hmm. And we also we found people that came in and prayed for the test, and they didn't get any results at all. We had mm-hmm. people that did that, too. So uh, that was how I got involved in it. It was it was very exciting. I, uh, it, just like anything, you have to find the people who are interested in these things, and then you tell other people about it, and they they either they don't they want to have anything to do with it. It's funny. It's <laughs> funny. You think they would excite some people. Some people get very offended by the idea of testing prayer. Right, right. It's it, uh, almost too scientific for for a belief instrument. Right. Correct. Correct. Right on, right on. Right on. So it was very exciting. I can tell you that. And I didn't know what the word spindrift meant when I got involved. I had to look it up in the dictionary. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, I just found out yesterday. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. It's a strange word, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But, you know, I mean, now that I know what it means, it makes an awful lot of sense. Yes, because yeah. we felt that a spindrift is a, is a curve an edge of a wave during a hurricane out at sea. And uh, the wind is blowing very fast, and it creates this spray that it's very fast moving. It kind of almost takes on a physical form. If it hits you in the face, it's like nails coming into your face. Right. It's very beautiful stuff. So we, they figured they call it Spindrift because they were doing cutting-edge research of consciousness. Uh, Bruce and John Kleinbauer were, and, uh, and they felt their research was like the edge of the wave. It was cutting-edge. So that's where they came up with that strange word. Wow, Bill, do you get people coming into your, your organization that have uh, psychic abilities? Well, some people do. Yes, uh, the uh, uh, we've we've tested all kinds of people, and and of course, we all I I believe, or at least we we all believe that everybody has mm-hmm. some degree of psychic ability and some degree of spirituality. It's just how do you bring it out? How do you make yeah. people aware of it? In fact, we think our test tests. Uh, reveal a, a, a psychic ability in the sense that uh, you are affecting change at a distance. That's a psychic effect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so in that sense, yes, and so some people are better at this than others. And apparently some people don't have enough that's showing to register. But and but we did find some very, very uh, intuitive psychic people and spiritually minded people could could get a pretty consistent result, healing result. I might add, too, it's almost like forming a basketball, two, two basketball teams, kind of basket teams in sports, because some people tended to be either these goal-directed people that could effect change on something but wasn't necessarily what the plant needed, but they could, they could manipulate it mentally. Mm-hmm. Then you had these other people that were more spiritually minded. They could get an, uh, what we call a non-goal-directed effect. They just, they just affected it the way that it needed and that was a more spiritual effect. And, and we, we found some people that were consistently either way. But, but I might add, it's a lot easier to make a goal in your mind than it is to effect a healing change. It's, it's a much rarer person that is a healer. Right. right. But we find that we, we hope that someday, if these tests are ever taken seriously, that it'll be a way to test the population. People can find out if they're, what their potentials are. Wow. It's awesome. It's psychic ability and spiritual ability. It, it's interesting that we're almost into 2020, 
the year, and uh, it uh, these tests are, aren't are still not taken seriously yet. Well, I think we run into a roadblock. We, there was a lot of excitement, especially when my book came out. My book was a big success at first. In the in mid nineteen nineties through. Oh, I have to figure out when it's kind of stopped. There was a lot of interest mid-1990s up till let's say, I have to look it up, say 2012. I'll say 2012. I'll throw it out there. The research and into consciousness and prayer it was a big thing. And then there was a huge prayer study that failed. And once that, uh, maybe you heard, remember hearing about it, there was a prayer study that went south. They put millions of dollars into it. And, once that happened, all the skeptics and all the funding and everything dried up, and all the the, the real big interest kind of stopped. And I feel badly about that, but you know that's what that's what happens too. I might add, when too many people are thinking about this is going to sound like a cop out, but you might you might understand it. When too many people know what you're doing, or too many people are thinking about what you're doing, it interferes with it. Right. And we found no, it, it yeah, does. Yeah. It, there's just no question about it, but a skeptic will say it's just a cop-out. So we found that our prayer experiments, the less people that knew it were going on, when they were going on, the better that worked. The more pe- people you got involved, the more they were interfering with it, either consciously or unconsciously, intentionally or unintentionally. Interesting. So one of the things that is very necessary to learn about all this is where Jesus talks about uh, praying in secret. Jesus said, look at uh, when you pray, you're praying in secret because you don't want anybody interfering with you. Don't let anybody know what you're talking about. This is a, was a big deal with him and his disciples. Pray in secret and don't let anybody know what, you, what you're doing. And that's getting harder and harder to do in our society. Because yeah. it's hard to even be quiet, let alone secret. Because <laughs> Especially our, in this day and age. Boy, I mean, our minds are being bombarded with RF waves, mm-hmm. uh, cell phone, radar, it's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I I'm, I got radar waves. Here. I have to uh, put up uh, shielding in place. I'm right near O'Hara Field in Chicago, and I get radar waves oh. pounded in my back room here. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I'm 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 close to a, a much smaller airport where I live, and and still, you know, if there is uh, all sorts of interference just from that alone, you know, let alone all the all the noise in our everyday life now, and and you know, thousands of different places to go for information that really takes you away from just stilling your mind long enough, you know, to get a good prayer in. Yeah. Well, that's why we need to find uh, places of quietude and, and uh, silence. I mean, a lot of people don't even know what silence is anymore. It's the truth. It's, <laughs> believe it or not, some people never heard silence. Some young people, right? anyway. Yeah. And uh, we need to uh, go into caves and pray and uh, go into RF uh, chambers called uh, Faraday cages and by the way, we did a lot of our tests with people praying in Faraday cages. No kidding. So they were, yeah. Oh, yes, because that way you can knock out the, the RF waves that are bombarding you, and you can be more at peace. Huh. Wow. Interesting. And uh, it's it's if you've never been in one, it's quite a phenomenon. But you, if you have you ever gone on a cave tour? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's been a long well, time, the, but yeah. Well, do you remember the feeling you had when you were in it? Oh yeah. And of course, we weren't you, alone, though. It, it almost defeats the whole purpose of it, you know. But, what's that yeah, again? I said uh, we weren't alone for it, you know. We went with a group, which almost defeats the whole purpose of it. But Oh, yeah, sure. It, but it, still, it, it you weren't being interfered with. Yeah. 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 I, so I recommend people do that and they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, boy. Uh, you, you really, uh, 
a society has, it's a problem. By the way, when people go to the Spindrift website, spindriftresearch.org, the very first, I write blogs for Spindrift. The very first blog is on this subject of how modern society and technology is interfering with and canceling and uh, un- annulling our spiritual and psychic mm-hmm. abilities, and we've got to do something about it. Yeah, we, we agree with you wholeheartedly on, on that. You know, we, we've become so far removed from nature, you know. We'd you like it. to talk you about, it. you know, the ancients every once in a while because uh, they're so poorly portrayed on television, you know. <laughs> they're so idiotic that, you know, extraterrestrials had to have helped them with, you know, math and technology and engineering because we certainly could have couldn't have done it on our own, you know, but... Uh, well, let me tell you an interesting uh, experience uh, I had with a friend. Um, I mean, uh, UFOs is not one of my big subjects, but I'm, but I'm fascinated by it, and I go to the meetings, and, you know, because mm-hmm. it seems like they're having a hard time trying to... It's hard, it's, uh, there's nothing there you can really test. Right. You know? And so, um, isn't that scientific, but I'm hoping it will be, but... Uh, and I'm hoping President Trump will be the one to reveal all these secret files because uh, my understanding is from talking to UFO people when it came out a year or two ago mm-hmm. that they were revealing everything. Right. No, they're big. They're they're very they're very hopeful on him because because his his uncle was said to have had the Nikola Tesla uh, materials. You know when they were no, confiscated. No. I guess it was his uncle. No, really. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, there's a, the the whistleblowers in the UFO community, quote unquote, whistleblowers. You know, depending on what kind of materials you read or videos you watch. Oh, he talked to Yeah, very very high hopes for him because oh, really uh, they they think of of all the presidents, he would be the he would be the guy. I would think so too. I didn't know that about his uncle, but I do know that I've been told that this thing from from a year ago, they revealed everything. They really didn't. They didn't really reveal anything. They made it look like they revealed something, but they really didn't unveil anything, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't know that, so there's got to yeah. be a lot more material out there. Well, I watch a lot of weirder videos than you, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. thing I wanted to tell you was, I have uh, this can get into another part of our Spindrift research, too, eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a friend of mine told me about this wonderful UFO experience she had. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and uh, then I brought it up to her a couple of years, you know, where she, where she got close to it, didn't it? She was close to it. And uh, I brought it up to her a, year, a couple of years later. Hmm. She said, I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. I would never tell you anything like that. I never had anything like that. Huh. <laughs> so what do you think of that? That's wow. interesting. Yeah, I really don't know what to do because it, it and to add irony to to all of that, you know, it, it is said that uh, the people who have had these kind of experiences, he, whether they've been positive or negative with extraterrestrials, uh, end up uh, uh, as a result more spiritual. You know, no, I've never a, heard that before. I've never heard that before. Oh, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a it's considered uh, highly common. Well, I knew they became more curious, yeah. but I didn't know they became more spiritual. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, they, that's, they, mm-hmm. yeah, that's common with the paranormal people uh, who've had you know, negative uh, encounters and experiences with, with the stuff in their home. They become more spiritual uh, after the time. I, I really didn't know that. I was on Shirley MacLaine's radio show, by the way. You know, she has no a radio kidding. Show. Wow. Yeah, I was. You know about her show, right? Or do you? Or yeah, she has a show. She funnels to a lot of her Hollywood people. It's kind of a mm-hmm. private 
subscription thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was on that show, and I, I wish I knew that. I would have brought that up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was I, hard to keep up with her. You never have been, heard anybody who has questions that never re- non-sequiturs. They were all not non-sequiturs. Wow. <laughs> it was really something. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it was I, great. I, it was I, really, I had to, st- I actually, I think for part of the, I'm sitting in a chair now, but I said, I got to stand up. I keep my feet on yeah. yeah, something. But anyway, uh, I have a couple funny things here for you that I thought you'd like. You know, you're from one. You one of you is from New York. And, uh, yes, uh, Up, upstate. Yep. Here's mm-hmm. a true two New York story about prayer. I don't. This is. <laughs> okay. I think this was in 1997. All right, Bill. Nothing would surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Uh, <laughs> The news media was carrying a, uh, they, this is the thing when they were trying to get cigarette smoking out of all the major facilities and the restaurants mm-hmm. and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And the news media was carrying a story that, and this is, this is how, they, how they came around to their conclusion. The news was that God couldn't ventilate the air in Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium very well. Therefore, from now on, all smoking will be banned. How? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a riot? Jeez. However... However, the story goes on, you can smoke at the racetrack. <laughs> a reporter asked, why is smoking allowed at the racetrack? The answer was, well, that's a different crowd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no surprise. There. Now, here's a Chicago prayer joke. Okay. And, uh, and people always say, well, wait a minute, this sounds like it's not a joke. Okay, a 100-year-old man prayed, God, thank you very much that I lived until the November elections, so I only voted once. (laughs) 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 That's a a very true Wow. And that's a, see, and that, yeah. That's very true. Yeah, that's a Chicago joke, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I get it. Having been in both places, I yeah, yeah, I might have some of your <laughs> listeners get it, but but it's true though. With a lot of the people in the uh, cemeteries here, vote every election. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, it's, it's really something. There's the power of prayer for you. Indeed, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Wow. So. That's- Beautiful. Well, the, uh, to get back to your earlier question, it is 2020. Why is there more interest in it? Well, you know, we're becoming more technological, and, and our technologies mm-hmm. are becoming our miracles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems that way. I, you know, weirdly enough, they, they had this program on on one of the premium channels, uh, Showtime, called American Gods, which my, my wife and I watched over the weekend because they got a season two coming up, I guess. And basically the plot of that show is is some of the, uh, I guess, some of the older gods, you know, the Norse gods, Egyptian gods, you know, um, were kind of losing their touch, you know, in comparison to the, the technological gods. So that's basically sets up the strategy of this, this major war between the gods for the season two coming up, uh, you know, between uh, some of the older gods, you know, um, pre-Christianity, I suppose, and uh, the the new technology, because it seems that we're more, 
they say, you know, we pay more attention to our TV sets than our prayers, mm-hmm. you know. So, so yeah. as long as we've yeah, got you, their you, attention and and their full uh, their fullest attention, you know, uh, that makes us uh, the new gods in essence. So that's that's where this whole you just reminded me of something from the past. Believe it or not, uh, you remember. George Hamilton, the the, the good-looking sure. uh, actor. Yeah, always suntan. Always, yeah, always sun. That's the guy. That's the yeah. guy. It, actually, they say he's actually an excellent actor. He was in a hilarious vampire movie. It was a spoof on vampire. I don't know what it was, but if I don't oh. anybody, any, any of you saw it or any of your listeners. I think I saw but it was a long time. It was like It seven. was a long time ago. But what was funny was he was coming back to a modern society, and he had to adjust to a modern society. It was so funny. He had a lot of, you know, it was just funny because it wasn't what he came from. You know, he used right. <laughs> 500 years ago. And I'm wondering, from what you just said about the gods coming back and finding the machine, that would be kind of a, a funny thing. Wouldn't it bring somebody back from the past who, right. who's a, a monster or an evil person or a witch or a vampire or who knows? And then they... Um, they have to come up with this technology. It would mm-hmm. just be so weird. It'd be really funny. Yeah. It'd be really funny. Yeah. Johnny Johnny Depp was in kind of a movie like that too, a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. And then I remember the Twilight Zone had an episode oh. once mm-hmm. where the guys <clears throat> put themselves asleep for a hundred years, <laughs> and they and they slept with all this gold. They had all this gold. And, oh, that's right. And they you remember that. And it was like, "Where do you? I'll give you all the gold I have." And they're like. We don't, what do we need it for? You know, all the streets are paved in and all the houses. Right. So we can it. manufacture it now. Yeah, we can make it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were uh, laughing about stuff like it might have been to Timmy and I on this program. You know, you know, we used to think the Martians would land down to Earth and they'd say, take me to your leader, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and nowadays we'd have to, well, how did you vote in your last election where your planet is? <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Who interfered with your election? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be terrific, wouldn't yeah, it? Right? <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah, Miss Moonbeam. She was the one who won the election. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's I unbelievable. Voted, yeah, we voted for her once last year. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> for that November election. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy times, and I, you know. Along this line, it's like a kid to me, a junior high kid. says, you know, what do I need God and religion for? I mean, I can do all these things with my computer. And, yeah, right. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a startling question. Yeah, it is a startling question. You know, I mean, I remember just being startled when they asked who Paul McCartney was. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was early on in the process. You know. Well, I'll tell you wow. a funny story about the Beatles, and this is true. In two thousand six. George Harrison, the, he was the bass player, right? Oh, uh, yes. Bass, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he died in 2006. Yep. And in California, they planted a tree where they have these the trees they plant for celebrities. They planted a tree in George Harrison's honor. And a few years ago, the tree died. Hmm. Do you know what killed the tree? No. Beetles. Oh, 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 unbelievable. Cringing a little for now. <laughs> wow. That's uh, true, by the way. Who would have known, huh? Really? Oh, my God. 
Yeah, who would have known? Except it was spelled with two E's, not an E and an A, I bet. Yeah, I guess so. I guess Beetle. So. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get for misspelling us. <laughs> That's the punishment. Yeah, right, you misspelled it. That's funny. <laughs> well, anyway, the, uh, well, now we know why it happened, yes. The, um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange time. I think that there was more receptivity. For instance, if my book was coming out now than when it did, I don't, my, I don't think my book would do as well. Yeah. It's still hmm. selling. It's still selling. But not like when it first came out, it went bananas. Hmm. And I don't know of many books on, maybe it's different with the UFO stuff, but on the psychic and consciousness and stuff. That's kind well, of no, baby, baby, you know. Yeah, but it still should transcend time, you know. I, I mean, for the yeah. foreseeable future, because, you know, you're bringing in the role of consciousness, which is, you know, right. really more of a, a 2010, you know, decade type of thing. Uh, yeah, well, then, I, something will happen. A logic of events, something we can't anticipate, will bring these things around again. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I it's mean, a like, very strange time with kids. I mean, you talk to kids now, and I, it scares me because I don't see a spark of spirituality or anything. That's especially the millennials and the young, you know, teenagers. Well, I, I, oh, I yeah. think the, you know, the the wild thing is though, you know, because we talk uh, spirituality a, a lot. You know, on, on, on this program, yeah. on you know, on this network, and and you find that you know people who are generally happy don't know all that much about it. Mm -hmm. You know, as much as it's the the people who have suffered. You know, the people who have and have to endured something. You know, or have that cross to bear that that uh, are more apt to find it. You know. Well, just today I heard about a friend's uh, son who has been a heroin addict, and I I gave him up. I gave up. He's he's out of. He said all kinds of therapy, hundreds of thousands of dollars of insurance paid on mm -hmm. him for this and that rehab. Nothing worked. Well, I just heard today he hit rock bottom and now he's straightening out. He's really straightening out. Mm -hmm. I never thought it would happen. I never yeah. thought it would happen. So you have a point there. Maybe there's a point. I've heard that this is a big thing in Christianity. If you suffer enough, mm -hmm. then you're ready. All right. Mm -hmm. I haven't had that happen myself. I, I don't want. I can't take too much suffering. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I guess there's something to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I there think... there there really is. And and you know the what kind of spirituality they find, you know, uh, is is not always along similar lines. Some find religion, some find spirituality, some find, you know, something transcendent or that higher power, if you will, mm -hmm. in the in the case of. Uh, you know, an addict, perhaps, uh, but but they, you know, and and I think that there there is a lot of stuff these days, because I mean, you know, you you see it as you walk down the street, people are unsettled, you know, they're they're uh, they don't know what they're what kind of future they're going to have, especially the younger kids, you know. Uh, right. I come well, from they a, don't go, you know, honest to God, though, I think if they went to Sunday school or had some kind of youth program at a church or a synagogue, it would really help them, but they don't go. Yeah, well, they, I, I think you know a, a lot of people that did go have have parents that made them go, you know, and and I think that once they grew up and reflected over that, you know, they they might have been resistant at the time because they were young and they wanted to be out playing mm -hmm. instead or whatever, but you know, as as they got older and time has taught them the wisdom of certain things that we may not be thinking of when we're in our late teens, you know. Uh, uh, they, they can look back and say, "Well, I, I'm thankful that that I had this." You know. Yeah, well, you've got a point there. Yeah. It is. It's something. So all this is 
kind of interesting, and I'd be interested to see what happens with the millennials. I'm, I, I'm worried, but of course, my parents worried about us because we liked rock and roll. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, uh, yep. I I remember. I, I, I mentioned something to my nephew a few months ago. I, he 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 he's 23 years old, and he loves nature. And I told him, I said, Devin, you're you're a rarity for being a millennial, because kids your age don't. They're not interested in nature at all. Mm. You know, he's outside with his voice recorder getting noises of foxes, you know, communicating. You know, oh, kids wow. his age don't do that, you know. Is, oh, he's, he's got promise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're kind of leading into a good idea of summarizing all this, uh, that it, as we get away from nature, we are getting away from quality and spirituality and, and, and psychic things. You know, all this... You know, it's where consciousness is related to 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 what to the to nature. Mm-hmm. Now, it could be that through evolution, there will be something where technology takes on consciousness and takes yeah. on spirituality, which is kind of a, one of our. I have a whole chapter in my book, uh, A Journey into Prayer, by Bill Sweet, on the subject of some of our spindrift speculations for the future, mm-hmm. where AI robots and things maybe they'll learn how to pray and maybe they'll learn how to to develop a soul, and who knows? Who knows? These are all possibilities, but this, these kind of things drive some religious people nuts. They just think it's terrible to think this way. Well, we have to start thinking, or we're going to be left behind, you know? Not the way they think we're going to be left behind. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and the, um, I might add, along with this, that what we think we are testing in our research that is the element that is doing the healing work, we use the word quality with a capital Q. That's our scientific mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As opposed Science. to volatile, right? Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is a different you, kind yeah. of prayer energy. Yeah, you got it. The, Getting the volatile. a little too far ahead, but I just wanted to see. No, I, no, no, you throw that out there. But I wanted to tell you about quality. It's the, it, in, in science, it's, in, it's measuring things, and that's called quantitative. Oh, yeah, yeah, qualitative, and, yeah. And, and, and what we are trying to do at Spindrift, we, and this is where we're kind of laughed at by scientists, but we feel that someday they'll get it. <clears throat> A lot of life is, it hasn't, doesn't, do, doesn't deal with quantitative, it deals with qualitative things. Yeah, So we, yeah. we have to find a way to measure qualitative things, too. Yeah, we absolutely do, because everybody's too busy measuring quantity, you know, in a more, more, more kind of society, you know, where, where it's, you know, I mean, the best the best parts of life, you know, are the, the small moments, you know. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. But, but people right. are too busy looking for the more, 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 you know, I want what he has, <laughs> you know. You really got it. You got yeah. it. To catch yeah. up to my, to my neighbor. And we, I actually, it was this very program here, Supernatural Round. I, th- I think uh, in the last couple of weeks, we've had a guest who, who uh, 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 kind of a, uh, a guy who is uh, uh, often returns to the broadcast. And we've been talking about how science t- seems to be pointing to God now more than religion right. is. Uh, because what science is talking about is the singularity, the mm. you know, the Big Bang, the thing that started it all. And there is some measure of intelligence greater than just this accident happening, this thing blowing up and and uh, turning into stars and planets and, you know, energy. Uh, 
molecules and atoms and particles and all this stuff and but you know and space time and and they're they're looking to this qualitative well i guess it is a qualitative point you know this singularity is yeah yeah the, the the thing is that if we can find some union between quality and quantity that's mm-hmm. really what our goal is it's been drifting then people will appreciate the wholeness to life and um it depends on who you talk to uh, mm-hmm. i don't see that what you're saying i see the i see more atheism in the science than i do a, a seeking seeking uh, a god but i that, that could turn around and there are a few but that depends on who you talk to if you talk to the True. scientists that believe that and they're thinking that way that's fine but there's awful lot of them that just resent the idea of bringing religion or spirituality or, anything, or especially quality into the into the equations of science they just go berserk and, and if you think scientists are are, are are unemotional and only religious people are emotional you could be around them you'd be shocked oh yeah yeah no <laughs> That's a, that's they can go berserk. Oh, yeah. Over the smallest Yeah, let's get these climate change people, scientists together, and have them argue. It's like a, the gods fighting. It's unbelievable. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, so but I, I, didn't, much I, I hope you're right, but I can tell you that in some of the people I hang around, they just... Well, they yeah, true. But you However, do they might be forced into it because mm-hmm. if they see the universe, I would say what what you're saying is that they see th- that there's more to the universe than they ever thought there was. Mm-hmm. That that may inductively register in their mind. Well, that there's got to be a principle behind this. There's got to right. be a creator behind this. Even in what Edmund Musk, the Musk guy, uh, he's he's really you know he really doubts if there's a god. Mm-hmm. But I saw him in an interview uh, on HBO recently. And uh, he said he started changing his mind about that. He, said he finds out there's more to the more to everything. There's just more and more and more stuff out there. It's just this stuff just can't happen. That's why there's just too much stuff. Well, I, I also think if you'd seen his stock market totals over the last year, you know, I'm, I'm sure he found prayer. You know, <laughs> they they, they kind of went tumbling a bit. You know that yeah, that's enough. Today to, he went tumbling today. Oh really? Yeah. Temple yeah. Went down couple, today quite last, a bit. That's a couple weeks. Wow. But yeah. that's all fear. That's all run on fear, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, it reminds me. Do you guys know what the universe is full of? <laughs> well, nothing <laughs> I can say without getting fined by the FCC. Oh. But oh, okay. Well, is it's it, is it full of poo? Huh? Is it full of poo? <laughs> well, maybe. But maybe. it's full. Of, it's it's full of electrons, protons. <laughs> Neutrons and morons. <laughs> <laughs> probably more morons than anything, though. Right? Yeah, probably growing, growing. <laughs> of course, in quantum physics, they spell that M A U R O N. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you, find, you know, they nice little ways to get it in there. <laughs> yeah, you, you got know. it in. Well, I. So the I I just wanted to say that in the, in the two types of prayer, getting to your point, you've, you mentioned mm-hmm. volitional. Mm-hmm. The volitional forces of the mind are the goal-directed forces of the mind, and some people do pray that way quite a bit where they ask for a specific outcome. And that works, but the trouble with that is is that we're, we human beings tend to be very selfish, so we're not always asking with the best motive. Right, right. 
And so we have to check our motives. Jesus said, you, sh- you should ask and you shall receive. But right. the trouble is, a lot of people, as Jesus went on to say, a lot of people pray with their lust. <laughs> and, and that's easy to do. Yeah, yeah. Because you want yeah, things. There's, yeah, there's, there's been, yeah, I, you know, there's been times when I try not to do that, you know, uh, yeah, especially well, we now in this day. But I mean, yeah. it's one thing, one thing to to pray selfishly as opposed to, you know, for the benefit of others. But it's another thing altogether, and part of this volatility, uh, as opposed to quality, if you will, to pray that some harm comes to someone else. I mean, oh, that's yes, I can get it. That's that's along those same lines. The volitional prayer where there's volatility and when you have a goal in mind and then like in our experiments the person is having an effect on the they think mm-hmm. they're having a good effect on the plant organism but they're actually not so that's unintentional harm actually uh-huh. and then we found that there were other people who could intentionally damage a plant or, or really hurt it mm-hmm. or kill it <laughs> yeah and so there are people out there very good at negative and they, and they got to they got to really cultivate their consciousness so they mm-hmm. so they don't do that if they desire to some people are some people are dark to begin with. Well, you know, you it's, raise it's the them other on, type of person we really want to find, though, in the population, the one that has the, a consciousness of quality, where, sure. where the, only the good comes out and affects change towards healing. Yeah. But well, then again, you know, our motives get in the way. Our bad motives get in the way. Yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, I, uh, sometimes we're just uh, kind of forced into selfishness sometimes, you know, depending on how things go for us. That's an interesting uh, phrase. I'm not. Sometimes we're forced into selfishness. That's a very interesting phrase. I yeah. never thought of it that way. Well, I, I worked Some, in nonprofits. Uh, you know, I, mean, I uh-huh. saw that firsthand. You know, you see some people that that automatically start off with a disadvantage they didn't ask for. Uh, mental illness, for example. You know, it's not something they ask for. And no matter how hard they work at it, no matter how how much they put into it, including prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a society that is automatically geared to reject them from, from the get-go in the first place. And we call it the NIMBY factor. Not in my backyard. We don't, we don't want these folks in our backyard. We don't know what they're capable of, you know. And, and uh, of course, <clears throat> there's a fear about these folks that, uh, you know, from people that don't understand them. Of course, we fear what we, we don't know or understand. And, and so the harder that we would work to help them assimilate into society, you know, uh, it gives them hope. And then they run off with this hope and they see what they're really up against, the the stigmas that are against them, you know, a legal system, a medical system uh, against them, you know. It's funny you mention that. I just, I happen to know a a genius uh, MD who has uh, has something uh, that is, that is, he's, his, started a company and they've been able to come up with you probably seen him on he's been on all the television shows he's got a, he and his brother haven't come up with this chip oh that's your name isn't it yeah uh, <laughs> you think i would know but yeah, yeah keep going that you put it in in the eye of blind people and they can see a little bit mm-hmm. so people have been completely blind if you put this chip in there and um Chip for chip. And yeah, chip for chip. They've already spent, yeah, they've already spent, get a load of this, $50 million of research for the FDA on this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like in the 70, high 70 percentile successful. Wow. But that's both encouraging and scary at the same time because even in your own writings, even in your own book, 
and you talk about artificial intelligence as the potential antichrist of the future, you know. Oh, that's um, it. I can get into that too. But what I was going to just kind of wrap this up. What you just mentioned that your people go on to the real world and then they run into all kinds of bureaucracy and red tape and resistance. So anyway, they were hoping that this thing would pass, but mm-hmm. it didn't. So that now the FDA wants them to do another whole series of tests. But then Donald Trump, president signed something. Do you remember he signed something recently where he was going to move things faster through the FDA process? Do you remember reading about this a few mm-hmm. six months ago? Right. So he was. So this this guy I know is real excited about that, and he thinks maybe this thing's finally going to come to fruition because of the thing Donald Trump signed. Now I just talked to him a month ago. He said now it's being caught. Now it's being called up, caught up in bureaucracy all over again down the line. Unknown, I guess, to the Trump administration, there's a whole other level of bureaucracy that's come in in the government, and it's all stopped again. So mm. that, right. it, it's kind of funny. You see, it's kind of related to your people go out with all this hope, and then the hope lasts for a while, and then you run into this wall of resistance. Mm-hmm. Kind of describes life, doesn't it? <laughs> right. And uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about briefly. Um, with regard to your research, well, two two questions specifically with regard to the research. Um, sure. The the first, some people that you could, you know, and you yourself said, you know, you're either in the zone or you're not for the, you know, and that that really applies right. to even you know to the especially good ones that you could see actually have healing right. power if you could use that. Right. Uh, but you know, not always, and and that well, goes the along founders with me. of Spindrift had it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I, I've been working for a couple of years now with the ideal of putting some power to my prayer. Not for me, but for uh, on behalf of others. So, you know, if you watch these things on Facebook that say, please pray for my nephew because he's in the hospital with cancer. Or, you know, please pray for my sister because she just got into an accident. The, you know, I, the ideal would be to actually... You know, if I were to do that and not tell anybody about it because it's not, you know, I'm not doing it for attention, but the pure heart of it, that I could add some sort of qualitative power, if you will, well, purity to my and quality go together. Purity and yeah. quality go together. But, so but my ultimate, you- I'm sorry, my ultimate question is, uh, and you said you have some people that, that try and, and basically uh, get nothing, or you have some people that try and you could see some sort of effect, whether it's positive or negative. But for the majority, you know, you've got a lot of people that try, and no matter what they do, they're really not getting anything. That latter section, would that be classified as your control group? My question, in essence, is what, what well, would you consider would in these show, tests a control? I, they, be control? I think it would show that you're doing a fair test, because if you came up with the claim that everybody was getting results, <clears> that would really raise red flags. Right, yeah, true. If everybody could make it onto the NFL ba- football teams, what? Oh, oh my gosh! Remember in the remember in that uh, God that that uh, comedy movie with Jim Carrey where he played God, yeah. and he had oh, everybody win the lottery. Yeah. Right. yeah. And yeah. what did that do? That just caused true. Well, if anybody if everybody joined the NFL, they might do better better than my Giants did this season. But you know that's they for another day altogether. Yeah. <laughs> If everybody would become football players, I think the country would go bankrupt. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They'd have to get paid. Yeah. yeah. They're overpaid as it is already. <laughs> right. Well, that's but I, I, 
I, I wanted to ask another question with regard to your study. Well, I can, add to, I, can, I can finish that thing to you, too. We hope okay, we find yeah. people in the population that do have a qualitative consciousness, and mm-hmm. people can learn to through, you know, however, whatever their spiritual practice is. It might, mine would be a Christian approach, Bible study, prayer, self-discipline, these things, and, and also practicing the Golden Rule, these things, and the Sermon on the Mount, especially. Study, you want to know how to develop qualitative thought, study the Sermon on the Mount. That's all about qualitative thought from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Mm-hmm. So I recommend that to people. Yeah. And, uh, and pray in secret. And as far as praying for people, and when the people ask you to pray for them or whatever, uh, re- I remember in the goal-directed prayer, you have a goal in mind how you're helping these people. We really don't know what these people need. So you, if you start praying what you think they need, then you're actually kind of psychically manipulating them. Mm-hmm. So it's better to, better to pray in an impersonal way where you're generally saying, well, I, well, that person has been surrounded by the power of love, the power of God, the power of quality. In fact, we'll give you an example from our experiment. One of our experiments involves yeast, and yeast is a very wild organism because the scientists of the world have not come to the conclusion if yeast is thoroughly a plant or if it's actually an animal organism. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it makes sense, though. I was a baker and not a very good one, and yeast was one of my stumbling points, you know. Because, oh, you, you know, right? yeah, I couldn't, you know, sometimes if I talked to it, I could get it to rise more than if I just did, you know, followed the exact instructions. It was kind of a weird thing. And would bring up the same question, you know, if it it more animal or plant, because we're really not sure. Yes, it does respect. You have a baker's thought, a qualitative baker's thought. Mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting is, is that we had, um, well, one person I can think of, and specifically this woman from a very conservative uh, church, uh, prayed for the yeast test many times, and she was a fantastic healer, just fantastic results, and uh, qualitative results she got. And we, we asked her, I uh, finally asked her, well, what are you thinking about when you're praying for the yeast? We'd like to know. We'd like to keep track of these things. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I just surrounded that beaker of yeast with God's love. Mm-hmm. That's all she said. Mm-hmm. That's, it. That's interesting, uh, Bill, because you, you mentioned that, and you find it in the Bible where Jesus has fed the 5,000 with, with one loaf of bread. There you are. I never so, thought of that tie-in. There's your yeast, and there's your, there's your uh, taking care of the need of the whole group, and not anyone specifically, just the whole the whole concept, mm-hmm. which leads to one of our laws. The, 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 the uh, Bruce and John Kleinbell, uh, thank you for bringing that up, by the way, mm-hmm. the, uh, have come up with eight uh, equations, and one of the equations they uh, have come up with is called the law of the conceptual whole. Mm-hmm. In other words, you pray, pray for a whole field of corn, or a, or a whole, like the yeast is kind of like that too, because you're not paying for one, playing for one little piece of yeast, you're praying for many millions of them in the container. So how do you pray for many things at once? Well, you have to see the one as a unified whole. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, you're demonstrating what the Bruce and John Kleinbill of Spindrift called the law of the conceptual whole. There's a lot on our website about this and in my book. In the law of the conceptual whole, the more you understand, the more you pray for larger and larger things in the world, right. not just mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. So you uh, go quantitative on your qualitative then, I guess. You've yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah. Just as long as the quantitative is qualitative. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> very true. Yeah. 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 So uh, we had some, some, some very interesting uh, results with that. So it, it, these, things, these, things get pretty, these things get pretty exciting. 
Right. And, and I mentioned the uh, the woman earlier who had this success. If people go to the Spindrift website and go to where it says experiments, spindriftresearch.org, hit experiments and go to examples, and then go to the bottom of the page, we have a bunch of quotes from people who took the tests. We asked them what they were thinking about. After they were done praying, we asked them what they were thinking about. They might find that very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you hear nature sounds, don't be alarmed. You know. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> well, yeah. There's when you go to links on the website, there are nature sounds at play in the background. So, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's why good. I'm not going to them any any of them live on air. I've got three of them queued up, you know, because if oh, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that's the sound of. Uh, Water. And we didn't want them to have this exact sound of spindrift. We have the sound, those are waves. Those mm-hmm. are ocean waves. Yeah. 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 Which are more peaceful than spindrift. They're very nice and relaxing, but, but you know, if I did it and it came out on the Skype signal, it would not be considered that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would say, what's Skype going on? Skype has a way of blowing that up where the water would be louder than us. So. Yeah, speaking yeah of well, they think their studio was being flooded or something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But um, so, all right, yeah, I, I, did I answer the question all right? Oh, By the yeah. way, there is a, there I can summarize it a little better too. Okay. We feel that the, the the thought the thought in the prayer that directly has a goal in mind. Spindrift calls that goal directed prayer. There's always a goal in the mind, and the mm-hmm. thought that is more spiritual minded and more quality minded, we call non goal directed prayer. We are getting rid of the goal. Mm-hmm. You're just praying for what's best in the situation, not getting our mind to focus on a goal. Oh, okay. So there's these two prayer types that were testable: goal directed prayer, non goal directed prayer. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I had a, uh, I have uh, a friend of mine. His name is uh, William Tiller, Doctor William Tiller. This guy's a uh, uh, engineering uh, physicist. Yeah, you know, I've, talked uh, to, I've talked to him too. Oh, you know, you know about. Uh, yeah, you're a friend, though. You're a good friend, is? Uh, I was. I haven't talked to him in like three years. I uh, I had him on a couple of radio shows ago. I've got a different show. I haven't reached out to him yet because oh, you know he's a fascinating. He, he's a fascinating, but I'm never he quite sure what he's talking about. Well, but he's well. You know, some of the things he's doing is very similar to what you're doing. That's what he said. Sense. That's what he told. Well, me. it 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 really is. Well, you know, he. He's a, a a friend of mine that I had on once when we were covering the topic of autism, autism spectrum disorder. Okay. Uh, and some of his research goes to that, but his the level of research that he's doing is actually kind of paralleling yours. And here's a kind of well, unique question. He, I that's have. what he tried to tell me, and I I, 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 it may be true, but I certainly can't. We could, can't can't figure it out. I've never. I, there's a. I, I don't know. He 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 is he's all over the place. Well, he is. But uh, what he was doing, all right. Um, what what you're doing? Let's say you're doing it with plants. All right. Now I uh, knew this story of the the guy who invented the the polygraph machine, the lie detector. Yeah, yeah. He <coughs> he gave a, he has he he was friends with uh, Bruce and John Klingbeil. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. you mean the guy with the guy in the Secret Life of Plants, right, Cleve Baxter? Um, I don't remember his name, but he it, was yeah, in the was Secret in, Life of Plants, right? I don't know. I never saw the Secret Life of Plants, honestly. Well, uh, well, are you talking it. about when, when he hooked the, uh, yes. the light detectors up to yeah. leaves and plants? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's and he, he found out how sensitive they were. Yeah, and that's and that they that and he stepped on an ant, and the plants reacted because they knew that they knew that there was a loss of life in the room, 
and the plants reacted to that. Yes, yeah. And then he would uh, take a plant and uh, in front of the plant that was monitored, you know, uh, break a leaf off one of the plants and the plant again, you know, would react, and, uh, and, you know, accordingly, I guess, you know. Uh, because yeah, well, some of the, there, there were some psychics in California that, that claim, and I, I, you know, I can't disprove them or prove them, but it seems reasonable if they really are psychic, mm-hmm. that they could hear the, uh, during the forest fires, they could hear the trees screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually know people who, who claim similar things, and, and, you know, I can kind of understand it, yeah. <clears throat> because as, as this guy was having, he hooked uh, the the plant up, uh, not just to a polygraph, but to an oscillator where he could hear uh, audio sound uh, that matched the frequency changes uh, that the uh, leaves were making that were hooked up to this polygraph machine. So he could basically, um, you know, tell that if he was holding a plant up and, and being very gentle with the plant, very being very loving with the plant in front of the plant that was hooked up, you know, he'd get a, a reaction of a different kind. It would sound sure. almost opposite to what, you know, if he took a plant and broke off a leaf. Well, and uh, and that's why I really like that you're using plants in your prayer studies. Yes. Did uh, you say that uh, Dr. Toller was doing something similar? To, he's to, doing to, something similar, but what he's doing is he's measuring the power of our own intent, which could be very similar, really, especially when we're talking about the intent of our prayer, you know, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's something mm-hmm. selfish or, or uh, uh, against someone, you know, yeah. or or for a specific goal or purpose or for something much yeah. more rounded than that. Now, maybe that's what he was trying to tell me, but I but I have to tell you, you did a better job of it. Okay. Yeah, what, what he basically I find what that he did. There's some people, when you talk to them, they're, I, I, I don't know. It's like it's scrambled. You're getting scrambled eggs. It's you know. I know he's this. You know, you have Dr. Peeble. It's it's gets scrambled. It's all like, what? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's not well, it, what to talk like, about. It's like you're hanging around enough lawyers, you get to speak legalese. You know, that's <laughs> you it. hang around enough that's doctors, it. you get to speak it. Well, it, and be, as a physicist, and what he's doing is rather than plants, he's taking an alkaline solution. Uh, that's got either acidity and whatever the opposite of acidity is. Uh, but he's asking people to focus on this alkaline solution uh, to reduce the acid level or acidity level of this solution overall by 1%, which is a very minor change, if you will. Okay. But he's having people focus on uh, in intending to change the alkaline solution uh, or the alkaline levels in this alkaline solution, so they're uh, milder and not as uh, acidic. All right, and he found that there was, uh, with the power of our intent, which is very similar, if if not uh, exactly the same, uh, in uh, in the power of our prayer, because there is an intent behind our prayer, and it could be volatile or it could be qualitative, if you will. But he's taking the, uh, he's, well, he's making it purely scientific, so he's calling it intent. And he's doing group prayer, obviously he's doing group prayer. Yeah, well, he's, what he's doing is he's having people, you know, up, up close and personal with these uh, little vials of alkaline solution 
to see. Oh, one, oh, he does one at a time? Well, yeah, sometimes he does. Uh, sometimes oh. he does groups, but often the main difference in his study is not whether it's a, a single person or a group. It's more if they're up close and personal to this vial of alkaline solution or if they're doing it remotely, if they're doing it through uh, over the phone or via Skype, you know, or over their computer or, you know. From well, with if, the Spindrift experiments, we found through uh, experience that it's better to see what you're praying for. It is a stronger linkage to mm -hmm. what you're praying for, if mm -hmm. you can see it, if it's in front of you, versus yeah. remotely. You have yeah. an effect remotely, and there probably are some people who are, very, who are good about remotely, but the more you know about what you're praying for, the more information you have, the tighter you have a link to it, and the less noise you're getting from outside. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a very similar study, but going back to what you said about some of the scientists that you've been around and how generally removed from spiritual they are. Well, here's a spiritual guy, but he's doing a, a study and he's doing it under, an, in, you know, an engineering school. <laughs> so they're keeping it scientific by labeling it the power of intention rather than, than the power of prayer. So they're keeping yeah. it more scientific than spiritual, if you will. But well, it's, they're, they're going to be more acceptable, too, probably. Well, yeah, they, uh, you yeah, know, prayer just spooks some people out, you know, including people that pray, and and you know, I mean that that it oddly makes little sense to me, and because people who pray are very serious about their prayers, you know, oh, at yeah. least but the people know, that I talk to that pray, and why they'd the be people, creeped out by a study, you know, that that well, could show like, them like, the power uh, of their uh, prayer. It's like Trump's wall. You call it a wall, you're upset. If you call it a fence, oh, that's okay. <laughs> right. you know? It's semantics. Okay, let's call it a fence then. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, funny. Uh, it's, People respond funny. It, it, it is really interesting, the sociology involved in these things. It, it For instance, is. Uh, in religion, we would call it the power of the Christ, the Christ power. But in science, we would call that the power of equality. Quality is a more acceptable term, you know. Right, right. And uh, we also feel that this, even though we have an intent to do good, we feel that this quality is something beyond our mind. Where in goal-directed mm -hmm. thought, you, it's all in your mind, and you have a goal. That is, mind yeah, that's, boy, that, that hits a nail on the head of a, of a whole different uh, type that really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's uh, whether you think that this, uh, this intent has something more powerful than ourselves, you know, behind it, or, or watching over it, if you will. Or, or, this is how we conclude that that's true. Mm -hmm. In the experiments, most of the people who take the test have no idea what's wrong with the organisms. So if somebody is praying well, we not, in a more qualitative way, in a way that's best for the organism, even though they don't know what's best for it, they are benefiting. Let me give you an example. We have one test where... Uh, there's two sets of soybeans, and one set of soybeans has been over-soaked, so it has a problem because it has too much water in it. And then we have another set of soybeans that's under-soaked, and it's, so it's dehydrated. And so they both have needs. But we bring somebody in to pray for that who's, who's an effective prayer, prayer. They know there's a problem, but they don't know what it is. But if they have a quality thought, the quality has the knowledge of what that plant needs, not the person praying, but when the, when the prayer brings the quality into operation, the soybeans that are under-soaked come back to a more normal state of moisture, and the, and the, other, the other soybeans that are over-soaked lose moisture and come down to a normal set of, set of uh, circumstances from the same prayer.
being given. Isn't that wild? Wow. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I so mean... Another, so in other words, the person praying doesn't know what the plant needs, but something knows what that plant needs. Yeah. It's quality. It's the, it's the, it's, well, we call it in religion, we call it the Christ. Somebody else might have some other thing. So when we can get out of our mind system and brain body system and our ego and our goals, mm-hmm. these psychic things can start happening. That's no easy task. That's no yeah. easy task. But it's something that almost to the opposite we're concerned of uh, from paranormalist point of views, you know, for, for this particular show because we see too often that when people, you know, that are in the paranormal community or keep that kind of thing in mind and their lives are starting to take a downturn, then they're very inclined to um, point fingers to something bigger than them that's negative, demonic, or evil. Well, this gets into a very interesting, this gets into an interesting subject. Why? Well, first of all, there's two things. I have a bifurcated thought here. I want to go first. Have you noticed that when it comes to paranormal phenomena, you can't force it. It just has to happen spontaneously or by itself. You just can't. You can't have it happen like throwing a light switch. It's something has to. It has to. It has to catch you off guard. Have you ever noticed that sort of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Because I, yeah. Your 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 best spiritual results and, and this is no easy task to accomplish this. And your best psychic results are when you. Are, are thinking about them least because mm-hmm. you have less your goal and your ego involved. Right. And paranormal phenomena operates best that way, which is a problem because if I'm interested in paranormal phenomena and I'm looking for it, I'm interfering by looking for it. <laughs> Never really thought of it that way. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really a problem. But how to have something? How do you be spontaneous? Okay, I got to be spontaneous. Okay, I'm going to be spontaneous. Oh, right. brother, how do you do yeah. that? Yeah, it, you it, just really, defeated yourself. You know, it, it really is hard to be both. Russell yeah. Targ, uh, who you know, is the remote viewing expert and psychic mm-hmm. psychic researcher, and he worked for Lockheed Corporation and everything before that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting talking to him because the. Uh, he said the best psychic results he ever got is when something would happen when when he was least thinking about it, and then he quickly take notes and you know, when you, you, oh, I should this this leads into another whole thing. But anyway, I just I could only agree with you on on what you're saying, and I, and and I I just think that um, we have to find. Well, I I guess I will go into it. There's another discovery at Spindrift about defense mechanisms of the mind. They act like demons. They come in and they block us out from our psychic experiences. Mm-hmm. And so the way to get around it, I just, I wonder if there's some people who are born with uh, out defense mechanisms. We're, I, I have heard, I have not actually seen it in operation, but I've heard, and you mentioned autism earlier, that kids that are autistic, people are autistic, make great psychics. Have you ever heard that? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Is there, do, have you known any evidence if that's true or not, or just a rumor, or... It it dep- I think it depends on how you look at it, you know, uh, which which kind of sounds uh, odder than it should, but I I just know that there are some people that work with uh, folks who are um, who have been uh, branded. I will use that word as as part of the autistic uh, spectrum disorder, if you will. I mean, there's there's many uh, sides of of this, but. Uh, 
there are folks that, that work with, uh, especially kids, uh, autistic kids, who see them as almost super beings, you know, where the reason that they're not making eye contact or not really uh, uh, interactive as much as uh, we would uh, hope or, or expect them to be is because their mind works at a higher functioning level you know, rather than a lower functioning one. So talk about the weather or talk about, you know, what whatever everyday talk is, sports or news or politics or whatever, is kind of boring to them. But if you could talk to them about um, mathematics or physics or engineering or, you know, wherever their, uh, their higher functioning mind seems to be, you could connect with them. I mean, I've, I've talked with a, a lot of kids, you know, again, working in a nonprofit, you know, with, with uh, uh, some autistic kids, some schizophrenics, you know, you, uh, you find different ways to reach them on their level, you know, but you have to put yourself in their mind or their shoes, if you will, and try well, to reach I was them. Thinking, I was thinking that maybe this is just a speculation on my part, and I have to talk to some people at Spencer about it, but I was thinking maybe some of these autistic kids, if it's true, they are more psychic. They would mm -hmm. mean that they probably have less defense mechanisms built into their mind than other people so that these things keep flowing. They keep flowing, and they're not stopped. It's yeah. a psychic phenomenon, spiritual phenomenon. I was wondering if maybe that's part of it. They have less defense mechanisms. You know, uh, from, from what I've seen, it, it would make sense to me, you know, because I'm very well aware of defense mechanisms, you know, especially, well, you know, it's a, uh, a part of uh, psychology or psychiatry, if you will, yes. you know. And, uh, well, we have an extended theory at Spindrift about defense mechanisms, and if people go to the Spindrift website, spindriftresearch.org, and go to the FAQ page, mm -hmm. uh, the third question are the three major uh, contributions to science by Spindrift. One is goal-directed prayer, non-goal-directed prayer, and our defense mechanism theory and experiments. And we feel that a, a lot of people have psychic ex experiences and spiritual experiences that they should write down immediately because your defense mechanisms go to work immediately to either dismiss them, cancel them, alter them, or change them into something so different that you, that you don't even remember what happened. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. And, so, yeah. and I, th I think this happens in the UFO thing. I think people who have UFO experiences, you know, every time they tell the story, it's a different story. Well, it's some not of the original them, you know, story. Well, not the original I've, story. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I I've, I've talked to people and and their story doesn't change and and they get visceral when they when they tell it. So it's basically they're reliving it again, you know. But then there are people whose story changes all the time. You know, there are people in paranormal like that. People in any field like that, really. Well, what we found is in our experiments that this this is what happens. You have to write down the original ex experience because even if you're an honest person. You later on look at what you wrote down. So, oh, I, I, I didn't remember it that way, but I better go with that because that's what I wrote down, you know. <laughs> this happens, and this is one of the reasons of the list of reasons Bruce and John Clean Biology, the Christian scientists who started Spindrift, began it. They knew people who had these um, psychic experiences and spiritual healing. People would have these wonderful spiritual healings that they were initially excited about, and later on, they didn't remember that they were healed, or the healing wasn't a big deal, hmm. or it wasn't the way they remembered it. They noticed that people were forgetting what happened to them. Oh, okay. 
and or they were changing the details. And so this is what triggered them to get into the looking into defense mechanisms. Right. Well, that makes we sense. All ass- you and I would assume, I guess all of us would assume, if somebody has a dramatic experience, they would remember it. Yeah. But well, it, when it, it comes it, to the paranormal, that is not necessarily true. They may remember it, they may alter it, they may forget it. But again, it could be their defense mechanisms that are doing that as well. I mean, that's look, what they, that's they, what we're saying. The defense mechanisms are doing it. Yeah. The, well, the Klingbein, they get, they get into this research and, and caught a lot of flack for it. You know, uh, I think you, you mentioned a quote from Art Bell said they opened a door that, you know, they may not be able to close or something to that effect where. Yeah, that's you know, right. That's right. Art Bell said that. And mm-hmm. they um, certainly. Got, well, but, but, but yeah, initially we thought there'd be a lot of excitement about what was being done. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah, I'm still shocked by that, honestly, you know. No. I, I am. I just, uh, you know. But again, you know, this was back in a day where, yeah, they were ahead of their time. And, and oh, because yes. they were ahead oh, of their yes. time, people are afraid. And there goes that defense mechanism again that they'll be oh, yes. uh, ostracized from their community for taking a scientific study on on a spiritual thing or a religious thing, you know. You just can't uh, believe the trouble it caused. Uh, yeah, I, I, if, I it wish- was, uh, if if we if we went at it like Dr. Tiller and said, "Oh, we're going to study intention," we 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 still been kooks, but we wouldn't have had as much flack. And uh, true, true, and it's yeah, unfortunate but- to see that. But yeah, I'd be, well, be, you know, I I'm uh, have been uh, a clinical hypnotherapist, you know, for what about ten years, and I don't do it full-time anymore, you know, but I, I see that even in something like uh, oh, is that uh, right? hypnosis, yeah, uh-huh. you know, it's the defense mechanism, well, we're thinking well, about... Yeah, you know, the, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, because the subconscious mind they see as this supercomputer that keeps track of everything that you've ever, ever, you know, smelled, saw, tasted, touched, felt, or sensed. You know, and um, and in order to reprogram this supercomputer, you have to remove the uh, the defense mechanisms from it, like judgment, preconception, bias, you know, uh, prejudice, you know, all these little things. So it's not just uh, defense mechanisms like. Uh, I guess my biggest one is I make jokes out of everything that I find uncomfortable. You know, uh, you know. For, Freud had a field day with that one, you know, but... but here's, it, something right on there. here's something right on the point. I'll read from what, page 150 of my book. Have you ever interviewed Rosemary Ellen Guiley? Uh, no, but I know people who have. Oh, you're going to have to interview her. You're going to love her. She's terrific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I quote her in my book here, and it talks to her point. Listen, you're, you're going to end up laughing. It's, it's unbelievable. I, uh, from, from my book, A Journey into Prayer by Bill Sweet. I could not help but think of a humorous paragraph in The Miracle of Prayer by Rosemary and Guiley. She wrote a book called The Miracle of Prayer. Spindrift is in it, too, by the way. Mm. The following depicts the trouble triggered by a researcher using terminology which is perceived as incendiary or offensive to describe his experiment. George D. War published an article, quote, Blessing Plants to Increase Their Growth, quote, in Mind and Matter his own journal. He invited readers to validate his results. He outlined a 15-step procedure that called for holding the beans and seeds 
reverently and blessing them in accordance with one's faith or denomination. The readers loved this, but the Roman Catholic Church did not. The Church scolded de la war in a letter stating that no one below the rank of a deacon could perform a blessing. Mere lay persons could only ask the Creator to perform a blessing. To placate the Church, de la war gave a new euphemistic name to his experiment. Quote, Increasing the rate of plant growth by the mental projection of an undefined energy. <laughs> he was okay with that. Wow. <laughs> something? Wow. Yeah, that, Isn't that amazing? Know. Well, that's, that, that, I'm using, this is the type of thing that happened to Spindrift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Water it down to the point where you know you know leave God out of it forever, so you end up not testing what you're testing even. Yeah. That's yeah, really that, you know that it, it, that normally happens on studies that see the kind of uh, harsh reactions that yours has, and you're not doing that. You know, I mean, your your yeah. study is a lot purer, you know, than than uh, a lot of those types of studies we well, see. There's got, irony got, all over the place. We have about a hundred pages of hate mail. That's how bad it is. Really? Yeah. Wow. I published some of it in the book. And it's it's really wild. It's just uh, incredible. It isn't always religious people. It's skeptics and it's uh, it's just all kinds of people. It's 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 funny. Now you wouldn't you wouldn't it, it, everything's terminology. You know, just use the right words. Then water it down. Then you're not doing anything. Water water it down. I'm sure. This could make a Saturday Night Live skit some way or another. <laughs> yeah, I did you see, did you see that fantastic skit on Saturday Night Live about the, the the people that were visited by aliens, outer space aliens? Did you guys see that skit? Uh, Either oh. you see that? It was on last year's show. On last year's show. Oh, it was amazing! You got to go back and look that up. The Saturday yeah, Night I Live might have. I'm, I'm trying to think they, back. The, the, the scientists were interviewing three people that claimed they had uh, encounters with outer space aliens. It's the, it's the, it's, it's got to be one of the funniest skits they've ever had on there in recent years. Just hilarious. Oh, please. It's just a right guy. I know. We have a, um, by the way, we have a coast-to-coast Art Bell Club here in Chicago that meets once a month. Oh, wow. And they were roaring about it. They were just roaring about that skit, sending it out to everybody. If I find it, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Oh, by, I'm by sure it's on the internet. <laughs> oh, I'm, wait, wait, I'm wait. trying to remember that skit, though. You know. See now, my I don't my remember it. It's gone there. Oh, yeah. oh, it's a gem. And I was a little surprised how they did it because it kind of followed the UFO book it was kind of based off a few stuff it was really interesting <laughs> it was funny well anyway the uh, uh so we got the defense mechanisms to deal with and i i'm hoping that someday we can uh, get around that um i did hear i don't know what it means but i did hear a guy once say who is one of these people that ex- experience experiments with pharmaceuticals is LSD a pharmaceutical some other words psychedelics psychedelics mm-hmm. uh, saying that uh, when you're on LSD it, it, it takes away defense mechanisms wow. uh, that was interesting 
thought that wow. was interesting. I wonder what I wonder exactly what he was. Maybe he maybe he was like opening up vistas and things, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing or not, but it. There's no question that a lot of things are happening around us that we're not perceiving because we're only seeing a little bit of it. We're only seeing a little bit of the spectrum. Yeah. You know. Well, they they say similar to what, like cognitive dissonance, where, you know, they they say that sort of thing about uh, people confronted with uh, uh, truthful people that are confronted with alternative facts, you know, and and trying to make sense of this. Um, and get to the point where they're so overloaded that they just uh, it it takes them off their guard. So I guess that if their senses are overloaded, that might do the same thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know how that tells you. Cognitive dissonance uh, is when you don't connect the dots. Mm-hmm. And uh, but maybe if you have too many dots, you can't connect them. Yeah, get get overloaded does the same thing. Yeah, there's so many yeah. dots that that yeah. it kind of does almost the same thing as you know not knowing where to connect them in the first place. <laughs> I think sometimes when you're uh, being a musician, I I only probably as length I'm trying to think I've ever been old. Sometimes if you're hearing music that's so glorious and so everything you want to hear, it's it's it, it's almost like it's almost too much. It overwhelms you. That's the only thing I can yeah. think of where I've experienced something like which just oh, this is too good. I can't take too much of this. Just too much. Right. Reminds me of that Mozart movie, you know, too many notes. I don't know if you ever saw oh, that. Am- yeah, Amadeus. Right. Too many notes. Too me. many notes. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, that's right. I remember that scene. Then he got ticked off at him. Yeah, right. But, he, but it was a sponsor. You can't get kicked off at your sponsor, right? Yeah, right. Talking yeah. about movies, you all know the great actor Denzel Washington, right? Oh, I just saw a Denzel movie today, as a matter of fact. What was that? Um, Inside Out, the bank robbery. Uh, film. Oh, where he Cl- was the detective? Cl- he was the detective, yeah. Oh, yeah, very intelligent detective, and he ended mm-hmm. up with a diamond in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? See, yeah, that movie. was great. Well, one of the other concepts at Spindrift is associational linkage. That's a term Bruce and John Kleinbell, the founders of Spindrift, made up. It's very similar to entanglement in quantum physics. You all know entanglement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spooky action at a distance. Yeah. There you are. The more that you, I mentioned earlier, the more you know about what you're praying about, the more you have a connection to it. And this is called associational linkage. And we can have associational linkage uh, with our pets, you know, in romance, with your hobbies, things you like, sports, anything. But we found in prayer, the stronger the associational linkage, the more that your quality, your prayer will reach the object. So, and that's another reason to pray in secret, because you don't, you, you know, you can't have good associational linkage to anything. There's a lot of noise, right? And interference, intentional or unintentional. And because this gets back, what are we going to do in society? We have nothing but noise. Well, we've got a problem. We're going to hope we can figure it out. Mm. Maybe we should do all our experiments in caves. I don't know. Yeah. But well, I, you then, know, that's what I do. My man cave. You know, that's that's where I do my praying because you know. Good man. That yeah. sounds good. <laughs> you know, Jesus said, go into a closet and pray. So that right. your man cave is your closet, right? It, it is, yes. There yes, you are. Yeah. Well, last year, it was very interesting. This is the power of associational linkage. There's also associational linkage to celebrities. Like you watch a commercial, you're more apt to buy something if a celebrity is in the commercial. 
that it, it, it's not, you know, that doesn't make any, doesn't make the product better. It may be a terrible product, but you like the celebrity, so you like the product. That's called right. associational linkage. Everybody mm-hmm. who understands marketing does this. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's too bad because, I mean, nothing to do about it. But I mean, I bet these celebrities on TV don't even use these products they're promoting, you know? You never really know. I mean, that's, and that's the weirdest thing about it. Well, let me give you an example here in Chicago, Denzel Washington, that happened this last year. It's kind of a really good illustration. And we said, I said to my people, it's been, this, is, this is a perfect example of, of our, what we're talking about. He came and visited Chicago, and he wanted to eat at this restaurant he heard about. It was all about this great restaurant. And Denzel was driving around with his limousine driver, and they couldn't find the restaurant. So they pulled over and asked people on the street, where is Leon's restaurant? And of course, they all knew he was Denzel Washington. And, <laughs> oh wow! And and, he, and finally, you know, the people were telling him, no, they were told that that the restaurant had closed. And so the story got reported in the Chicago media that Denzel Washington was in town. He's driving around. And he was looking for this restaurant, and there was so much attention stirred up that the owners of the restaurant decided to reopen the restaurant. Wow. Now, that is the effect of associational linkage connected to a celebrity. Can you believe that? Yeah. So Leon's restaurant opened on March 8th, 2018. Isn't that wild? Wow. (laughs) If anybody else would have pulled up and said, we're Leon's restaurant, that would have never happened. (sighs) But it was Denzel Washington, and people linked to that, linked to him, and linked it with the restaurant. The news media linked it and became bigger and bigger. That's the power of of entanglement. Wow. (laughs) Isn't that something? Yeah. Don't you wish we could all have that kind of effect, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah here's this great radio show, and they're talking about these paranormal phenomena. We should all listen to that. Okay, tell everybody. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Who did they have on? Well, they had it on Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put this radio show. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine that, yeah. Yeah, and just no Kardashians, man. I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, interesting, though. When you watch, like, Netflix, there's just all kinds of paranormal shows on there. It's mm-hmm. amazing how much there's all this interest in the paranormal, but there's no scientific interest in it. There's curiosity, but it's funny. It's it's. It's strange. People do have a curiosity about these things, but they don't really want to look deeply into them. And then when they do, when certain movies look deeply into it, and this is something I've discussed with several parapsychologists, not just people at Spindrift, when some movies really do hit the button right about paranormal, mm-hmm. that turns off the public. The people want to be told a story and a narrative and be entertained, but when you get too serious about something, ooh. They don't want science and how science is connected. They want being entertained. That's why. You, that's why Ghost Hunters right. has eleven plus seasons. You know. The what had? That's why Ghost Hunters has had eleven plus seasons. Oh right. Because they want right. to be. People want to be entertained. Ghost Ghost Lab only lasted uh, what three seasons maybe. And it three was, seasons, yeah. And it was if, it was science based, but you know yeah. loosely science based, but it didn't last long. So, right. well, thank and you for giving me that as an example. I appreciate <laughs> that very much. Well, I was going to tell you that the uh, th- there were two X Files movies, and the mm-hmm. first one was UFO oriented fantasy and everything in the story. But the second X Files movie, did you ever see it? It's called I Want to Believe. Mm-hmm. Don't think I did. 
Well, I'll and I was you. an X-File guy. So. Well, let me tell you something. I've been, I've been talking to some very good thinkers in the paranormal about this. And, and there's another movie I can give you as an example, too. But basically, that movie had a lot of real serious paranormal teaching in it mm-hmm. and facts. And it, 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 it got people in their subconscious minds and they didn't like it. People were, felt very uncomfortable. That movie did not do well. Right. Because it was too real, too close to the bone. Mm-hmm. So I would tell people, see that movie. That's how the paranormal really works, and it makes you very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shouldn't, but it does. You know, <laughs> your parent, your defense mechanisms, your things. You know, I don't want to unless I want to be entertained. Yeah, your fight or flight mechanism kicks in. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, right. Uh, another movie like that is, uh, and you never hear of a Clint Eastwood movie uh, not doing well, but one did do well. Uh, it's still, but and it's called. Have you ever heard of Hereafter? Mm-hmm. Oh, that I was a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> yeah, did you, you? That didn't do well, and you know why? Same reason. Mm-hmm. It was very close to how things operate. Yeah, yeah. People are uncomfortable. But it was a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood bought the script. He directed the movie. It had Matt Damon in it. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And it didn't go over. And I've I've asked many of my friends to watch the movie, and they do want. Oh, I don't think I want to watch. Yeah, it's the mind, you know, mind kind of, you know, if it's a story, fine, but if it's going to get into the issues involved of the paranormal, forget it. Yeah. Like you mentioned the ghost stories, those 11 seasons of the ghost stories. Well, we know they had to make scenarios up. There's no right. way you can have that happen every time. <laughs> but if you get into a situation where you're dealing in facts, people run away. We had, I had, the, we had this woman who really wanted to be involved in Spindrift. She, she, oh man, she was came to us and, she was crazy about us, and she heard about us, and she studied this, that, and the other. So we brought her into the laboratory, and she saw what we were doing, and scared her to death. She ran away, and nothing to do with us. She saw what we were actually doing. <laughs> and the next thing I knew, she was in India studying with some guru. But I mean, when she really saw what we were doing, it was just oh man, 180 <clears throat> degrees. Wow. She just, she just, so it's it's just a funny thing. It's just a funny thing. You can talk about the paranormal. You can uh, people are interested in it, but if you get a little too close to looking at it scientifically or trying to cross too many things like science, religion, consciousness, and spirituality, and all at the same time, you just send off signals and people don't want anything to do with you of course there's exceptions to that but it's 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 just it's just a funny thing that that's what i think happened in that uh, movie now there's a it wasn't exactly paranormal but there's a movie i just saw called bird box have you heard about that i was always wondering what that was about very interesting and i must say it was scary enough to scare me it scared me it was a scary thing i was trying to relate it as we all do, we all relate it to our backgrounds and what we're interested in the paranormal and And it kind of relates to uh, to the defense mechanisms in a sense. The, the basically the idea is is that the a few people were able to figure out why the world was falling apart and everybody was killing themselves and everything was going bad. It's because there was this evil force that if you looked at it, it would inst- instantaneously turn you into uh, a suicidal person or and you kill yourself. So every whole population was dying, obviously. Everybody was killing themselves. Few people realized 
that you, if, you, if, you, that if you didn't look at it, you'd be fine. So the actors in the movie were very good. They all blindfolded themselves. In order to survive, right. they all walked around and did their acting blindfolded, so they never looked at it. And that was their survival technique. It was, yeah, that's really a wild concept. Wow. As long as you're blindfolded, you'll be okay. <laughs> but how do you live, you know? Yeah. But that's the way they had to live. That's what yeah, the movie's about. Like that one, uh, I think, A Quiet Place or something? Timmy, where the the people, if they made any noise, they'd get killed from these predator things? Yeah, I heard something about that. What is this now? Tell me, is this a recent thing? Yeah. uh, Boy, they had uh, some, like, Oscar-caliber actors in it. Yeah, what was the name of that? I can't remember. I I think it's A Quiet Place, maybe. Okay. Okay, I'll look it up. Interesting. I I don't know if they were zombies. I, I didn't. See so it. it's based on sound. It's based on sound. It's based on sound. Yeah. If That's you make if you make a sound, they know where you are and they can hunt you down. Uh, wow. Might be based on zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's so. okay. I get a kick out of the zombie movies. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, I have a cartoon of, of people walking around with their iPhones and they're all zombies. That's that boy. That's a, that's that's about right. <laughs> that's about right, man. That seems to be some truth to that, you know. Right. The uh, the thing is, is that uh, I have to look that one up. I'm I'm very interested in sound and audio. I'm a former musician, now audiophile. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm interested in what, how sounds affect people, and I do think that at some point music will be proven scientifically to, to be involved in healing. I don't think we really have come to the place where we can make that claim yet. I, mm-hmm. I know people on the internet make that claim, but mm-hmm. it, it seems logical to me that the more harmony you're shooting at somebody, it's got to help them. Right. Yeah, well, we have issues with that with uh, meditation, right. uh, close to close to prayer, if not if not uh, downright similar. But they have these things now called binaural beats. I don't know if you're familiar with those, Bill. Well, I know what binaural sound is. What's a binaural beat? Well, it's oh, the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, same you thing. know, beats, sound. It's it's a semantics, but it's basically based on a singular note that's kind of augmented a little. So in one headphone, you've got a pure A-flat, and in the other headphone, you've got uh, a pure A-flat that's been reduced by, you know, like maybe a a sixteenth of a note. I mean, you could barely tell. But there's enough dissonance there where it uh, kind of keeps, it stimulates the brain as you listen to it, uh, but it, it, it ironically... Uh, helps the the brain kind of fade a little bit. Is it that used in meditation? Yeah, uh, or or in place of it, because okay. we've got people that say, I don't have time to meditate during the day, or yeah. same thing with prayer. I don't have time to pray during the day. I've got kids, I've got two jobs, I've got this, I've got that, you know. Don't have time to pray or meditate, you know. I mean, it, I've it's... I've been asked uh, on some shows, what do you recommend as amount of time to pray a day? And I always say 15 minutes. That's mm-hmm. Or what we would say is, yeah, and and people are are uh, having issues with that. But we're saying, you know, either way, if if you can just because Timmy was talking about fight or flight, you know, and how we're really from the point we wake up to the time we go to bed, it's one fight or flight response to the next. That's why people are so unsettled. There's so much information coming at them from this technological age we were talking about that if they take a you know, to, to, let's uh, use your example, Bill, 15 minutes out of their day. You know, if they don't think they have time to, to pray or uh, meditate, either one, 
uh, you, they could listen to binaural beats, which basically quiets their mind. You know, while they can still pay attention to eight things or once, it still puts the brain basically into daydream mode, if you will. Yeah, it takes a little bit. I don't think 15 minutes is asked. You know, some days maybe you have trouble doing it, but I don't think that's much time to take out of the day. I do. And then, of course, if you play an instrument, you always have to find time to rehearse your instrument. You know, play right. the violin or play the drums yeah. or play the piano. You know, you find time to do the things that you really are interested in. And well, they they take 10 minutes out to... To listen to music, you know, it puts them That's in a right. quiet place, you know, That's it puts right. them in a reflective place, it, it puts them in a peaceful place, that place that is prayer, you know. I'm really uh, worried, you might, we do, uh, did you guys, you were talking about the bird box and, and all the people killing themselves, have you heard that there's no answer to this yet, have you heard about the some of these people have had LASIK eye surgery, have you heard mm-hmm. that thing going I heard on? It, yeah. What is that about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. Uh, my my sister, actually. Uh, no, I maybe you didn't hear what I'm talking about. They're finding out that a lot of, uh, way over, so there should be a number of people have had LASIK surgery soon after they have this LASIK have surgery. They com- no, they commit suicide. Yeah, they have problems. Mm-hmm. They can't handle it emotionally, yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, a combination of things. Kill them, so. Yeah, yeah oh, you do know what I'm talking been, about. Yeah. Well, it's been unsuccessful is why, you know. Yeah. It's not only that they get it to improve their eyesight, but now it's not only their eyesight worse, but now they have different kinds of nerve pains. And nerve pain can do a, a whole bunch of different it's things. Not, yeah, it's not just nerve pain, it's it's emotional pain. Mm-hmm. Or over stimulation. Sensory overstimulation. Maybe they can't take the new information, you mean? Yeah, they they yeah, or the disquiet between where the old information ideal was and what they expected from this, uh, compared to what they actually there got. Was, and we're talking about LASIK eye surgery yeah. that didn't go well. There was a, a a news reporter not long ago. She committed suicide. She like hung herself in her basement or something because she was having issues with depression. She brought it to light. She's the yeah. one who brought it to light. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was having negative issues. Uh, yeah, emotional issues, uh, depression mm-hmm. and things. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This yeah. is wild. This kind of reminds me Crazy. of a whole other area. You know, if if somebody became psychic or a spiritual healer, would it negatively affect them? It could, possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've, seen, we've seen some people that, you know, have, have kind of lost their way because of it. But it, it depends on, on who's surrounding them and what kind of information they're giving them in order to quash their... Look, I mean, sometimes you uh, see a whole new uh, input of things or experience a whole new input of things that you've never seen or experienced before. Mm-hmm. And it takes you to a different place. Mm-hmm. And if you've got people that say, well, I've been there too, and, and this is what I did in order to overcome that, you know, then they're okay. But if they have people that say, well, you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. Right. And, you know, now not only, you know, you deserve this because it's sinful behavior and you shouldn't be going there. Or we never uh, believed in this stuff and why you took this stuff up, who knows. You know, if they're in that kind of environment, then they're further boxed out. They're not only boxed out in their own minds, they're boxed out in their community. Well, that's and that's that's no why, yeah, that's why I decided to do a radio show, Chip, is because... Outside of this, there's nobody to talk to about this sort of thing. Right, right. You know, you, you yeah. go out in public or you go to groups and stuff, you, you don't know what to talk about. People just, uh, you know, ignore you or avoid you because 
they don't know what to say to you. You you don't know what to say to them because they don't understand anything you're going through. Yeah. Well, the girl in Hereafter was just a normal journalist, and then she had this experience, and she lost her boyfriend, she lost her friends, she lost her job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because they couldn't understand her anymore. Right. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe... Maybe you're right. See, you're the first people to bring this up to me, that maybe the LASIK surgery, well, well the, the part of it I'd be most interested in is the, the being overwhelmed. It's overwhelmed, the new information so overwhelmed them right. that they couldn't take the new information. It'd be like... Couldn't handle if it. You, couldn't handle it. It's like, it's like if you found out, if you had a friend, a longstanding friend, and you found out the truth, your friend was a bad person or a criminal or something. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard to take, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you found yeah. that out, kind of, you'd say, gee, I wish I never knew that. Everything yeah. would be fine. Ignorance is bliss, you know? Yeah. Remember Cypher in the Matrix? Remember Cypher in the Matrix? You know, it's, oh, it's, sure, right? I, yeah. I don't want to know these things anymore. Yeah, he, he wished he took the blue pill, right? Yeah. Right. Instead of the red pill. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, I uh, think because, that ties in with uh, defense mechanisms, too. Yeah, yeah but it, it's a double-edged sword because, uh, you know, well, it's a triple-edged sword because you add financial to all that other stuff with the LASIK surgery because, it, it you know, generally speaking, for the people that I know that had it, you know, if their insurance doesn't cover it, you know, then they have to really, you know, the, the value of a firstborn male child in order to get this surgery. And if it goes wrong, then what do you do? And then you've got, you know, the, the, so you've got a financial issue now, you know. My brother uh, had a... It's harder to work. About, pardon me, about, talking about being overwhelmed by information. My brother had a depart, debate partner in high school in, in, in the debate club who has an eye condition that only four people in a million have. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sees, um, well, it, first of all, he sees, each, each is like camera one, camera two. They are, there's two different shots, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. You're looking at one eye or the other eye. Oh, that's that's not so rare. That's that I've heard of that. But what was mm-hmm. rare is, out of one eye he sees color vision, and out of the other eye he sees black and white vision. Wow! Wow! Wouldn't that professor sense of reality? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really the, the same. If, you know, I mean, it's not all that different from you know one eye seeing you know one thing and the other eye seeing the other thing, or or people that. That that lose that uh, that bridge between the left and right hemispheres of the brain, and either by some accident or some disease or something, they have to learn how to walk again, learn how to do all these you know, things right. again. Let alone process either you know uh, uh, scientific or or logical information yeah. as opposed to you know right. the the creative and and dreaming mind. I'm wondering I'm right. wondering if these people that have this LASIK surgery see things that they didn't see before spirit-wise or psychically. Maybe they had, didn't have psychic seeing abilities before the surgery. Maybe they did afterwards. Maybe that was part of the reason why they, they couldn't handle it. Well, you're giving yeah. me an idea about the defense mechanisms. The defense right. mechanisms don't mind we believe in right. the paranormal. It minds that we see the paranormal. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and so if we start seeing it then they come into action. So maybe these that's a very interesting thing. They were just again, you're overwhelmed. You're seeing stuff that the mechanism thought you would never see and now right. you're seeing them and boy that's gonna bring all the hell down on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gee, well But it's a a lifetime of knowing the same information, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, twenty twenty vision, for example, right. you know. Seeing the, the world, the whole world and, and now 
you know, you've you've lost the ability to do that as well. Mm-hmm. So it really makes an impact on you from the inside and out, you know. Right. Well, I can't work as well as I used to because I can't see as well as I used to. Or people people outside of you will hold that against you now, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, we liked you when you had 2020, but now you don't have 2020 anymore. And I don't think we can keep you at this job, you know. Good luck finding another one. And, you know, the community separates. It's, it's enough to go through this in your own mind. But to have the outside world in on it, too. You know, it's, it's really a, a lot for one soul to bear. And uh, Well, you guys seem to have more speculation on this than anything I've heard. To me, they, they had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. 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 But you, but I bet I bet you're right. It's some kind of emotional reaction to what you're seeing mm-hmm. or yeah. not seeing. Right. Yeah. We're, we're seeing but, things that she didn't, she didn't see before, and it was kind of... Right. right. can handle it, but right? It, but it's also the committee. I mean, like Tim was saying, the purpose he started the show was, you know, I mean, you get like-minded people talking about things from all sorts of different uh, uh, different sides. And now you guys, your ones in Philadelphia and ones in New York. Do you guys have clubs in your area where people get together and talk or anything? Nope, I don't. Really? Yeah, I I I do basically, but I I'm not you know doing that. Yeah. Okay, well, we have wonderful groups. We have so much to do here in Chicago. It's great. We got groups for everything. Well, you got wind in the world's covered here. <laughs> you got some good wind there. That's why. Yeah. And and we have a library. Uh, I believe it's the Skokie, Illinois Library. Skokie is, I think, you probably remember Skokie from the Nazis mm-hmm. marching through Skokie. Remember that thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the library there. They have. All, uh, they have a whole section of paranormal books and magazines. Wow. They've collected them for that. So that's where they, for, for research, we wanted to research. They have a whole big thing there on that. So, so we're going to have to let you go. We're going to have uh, to end the show here in a few minutes. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say? How can people get a hold of you? And I think we're definitely going to have to bring you back on at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed talking to you guys. You're a lot of fun. And, uh, I wish everybody Happy New Year. I'm Bill Sweet. I'm the author of A Journey into Prayer. It's hardback, softback, and it's an e-form, e, e too. Uh, come to the website, study the website, spindriftresearch.org. There's a lot there to go through. And if anybody has any questions, they can certainly uh, contact us through the contact page. And uh, it's uh, we, we have a pun. We have a pun I think I told you about. We call our paranormal research paranormal research. <laughs> Very no, cool. Haven't told us about that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> we might so, have uh, to steal that one from you. Oh, you go. Oh, right did I that. say that? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to bring it back. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And we'll see you guys later and have a great January. All right. Thank All right. You. you too, there, Bill. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Bye bye now. Bye bye. Yeah, take care. Wow. Fastest two hours on air there, Tim. I'm going to go ahead and close it out here. All right. Spin, drift research.org for yeah, those yeah for those who didn't want to you know wanted to know uh we'll be back tuesday 5 to 7 p.m eastern wednesday 7 to 9 p.m right here on the lnm radio network studio time for us to go good night everybody god bless take care and have a great week yeah thanks for listening <laughs>